You're listening to 50% Facts, the show where we try to answer specific questions on an individual topic, and then at the end, we bring in an expert to give you the real answers. I'm Jim McDonald. And I'm Mike Farr. Welcome to our show. NFL starting. Yeah. That gets people excited. Pretty soon. Gets some people going. I was looking at... um. I think we talked about it a while ago because you went to Hamilton uh, yeah. and said how expensive. What were those tickets-ish? Money? Three apiece. Yeah, so I've been to like concerts and I normally either, again, like find good deals or a bargain hunt or I just argue to myself like, Mike, it won't be that cool and I'll talk myself out <laughs> of doing it. Um, but I'm trying to go see the Browns play the Patriots. Never been to a Browns game. Been a Browns fan my whole life. Yeah. Um, cheapest ticket I've found is $500. And okay, I, and I'm up in the sky. I'm I'm sitting next to the Goodyear blimp. Yeah. Okay, so with these Hamilton tickets, I this is this is my rationale for it. Okay, so uh, I bought them right before Christmas. So I I and I didn't tell my wife about them until Christmas. Yeah. So so it's a Gift, Christmas present for sure. But we went on the weekend of our anniversary. So double banger. I, it so kind of been 150 on uh, Christmas and 150 yeah, on your anniversary. Yeah. That's cheap. And and our anniversary is always the same month as my birthday. Okay. So. So as I start breaking it yeah, out, no, I can easy. rationalize the hell out of it. No, it's pretty easy to do. Yeah, that's yeah. super. Yeah, I can't rationalize. Mine's not near anything. And uh, looking at, you know, I could have gotten slightly cheaper tickets, yeah. but not dramatically cheap, cheaper tickets uh, with worse seats. Yeah. That's and what's as it was, I said, you know what? I want to actually see this up close. Yeah. I, I want to see, because I mean, we've done some. You know, shows we've gone to some shows on Broadway and and the West End and London and stuff. And sometimes you're close, and sometimes you're far away, sure. and it just kind of depends. The closer you are, the more involved yeah, you feel in it. in it. Yeah, and, and that's so, even sports to some yeah, certain extent. And just, that's yeah, but that's the issue is it's I think it's top top <laughs> rail for four seventy five, four seventy nine. Yeah, and then like to move like a whole section down uh, or floor down is five twenty five. So like, all right, that's not that much. Like, that. all right, you start to justify. Yeah. All right, sixty yeah. bucks more. I'm moving twelve, yeah. uh, probably twenty rows down, and then you're like, all right, well, I'm buying two or three tickets, and I'm like, right, okay, okay. And I have no justification. It's, I think it's October. My birthday's July, not Christmas, <laughs> not Thanksgiving, no one's birthday. Yeah, I don't have an anniversary. I got yeah. nothing. I got yeah. nothing. But I'll probably end up doing it anyways. I, I guess my justification is I haven't seen the Browns in thirty-one years of life. I've only oh. been to one NFL game my whole life. Well, uh, was your dad a fan? He's a big fan. Big Browns fan. You don't need any more justification. Never went to an NFL game with him. I went to one Niners game with a friend when I was a kid. Yeah. And I think it's only pro games. Me and my dad went to a bunch of college games. He was mm-hmm. like a Notre Dame fan. So we went to them when they play Stanford or Washington or something. Um, and then the Browns are finally going to be good. Not good. That's so good. we'll see. Yeah. So yeah, I I can I can provide your justification. There we go. Yeah. Because like hopefully my credit card can as well. Yeah. Your 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 dad would want you to. Yeah. That's and it'll be fun. It'll be like cold but not freezing. So I'll get some football vibes in October. Yeah. Boston's really cool. I always enjoyed Boston a lot. So go out there, do a mini bit of tiny bit of work and tiny bit of football. 
Yeah, I'm a big fan of Boston, although I have not really been there in the winter, so I can't really say. I was in there a bunch of winters. January, man, it gets cold. I'm going to be in uh, NYC in December. That, that that's, that's fun, though. Uh, yeah. We talked about that. Christmas in New York, it really it does feel like Home Alone or some shit. Yeah. It feels so cool. Yeah. I love it. Absolutely. I might even do it just for shits and gigs because I honestly love it. You're walking around. Lights are on every freaking store. There's ice rinks everywhere. Everyone's happy. Everyone's shopping. You got mm-hmm. your beanie on, a little scarf. feels good. Yeah. Yeah, I can see. I, I don't have any trouble justifying that trip either, but I'm, I may have to think about how I'm going to pay for tickets when we're there yeah. because we're going to see shows and stuff. Oh, dope. That'll be fun. Yeah, I think if you plan ahead. And then, like, sometimes I was, I went at this, uh, at a Reebok seminar I did in um, New York, uh, Dead Metal Manhattan. I think Lower East Side, uh-huh. um, they got me a hotel. And so it was like, pretty far from Times Square so it wasn't like a Hilton or anything it was like mm-hmm. a local one but super nice the rooms were gigantic for New York's uh, status like if you guys haven't stayed in a, a hotel in like a big city like they're normally like 200 square foot 300 yeah, square cl- foot they're, they're closets and, the, yeah. and it's hard to find New York City is it was it's, I don't know how it is now but it, it, because the last time I was there I think I stayed, stayed in an Airbnb but um, the beds aren't very big no the beds are tiny they, it literally feels like the same if you've been on a cruise my one hotel room in New York was the exact same size as my hotel room on my cruise, which is absolutely insane. It was so small. But this one, shout out to my boy Bretsky. He put me in one, uh, and it was huge. It was super cool. There was a pool uh, on the roof. You could get a really cool view of the city. Yeah. Um, and I get emails from them just because they had my email or whatever, and they mm-hmm. blast me. But it's, like, pretty cheap. Like, I don't know what dates or special it was, but it was, like, 200 bucks a night, 250 bucks a night. Yeah. But being in Manhattan and having that much space and being that nice, I'm like, dang, that's not bad. Sometimes even Vegas or Boston, even New York, you're like shit, 300, 400, 500 bucks a night for a hotel. Vegas to get is too you. expensive. I, I liked Vegas, Vegas during the economic downturn. Yeah. You went a bunch of times for meets there. Yeah, you get like a $100 flight, yeah. $200 yeah. room. That's yeah. like a suite. You got $50 room <laughs> yeah. sometimes. At the worst of it, it was like 50 to 75 yeah. bucks for a really nice room. Vegas you know? was kind of known for that for a while, I feel like. Like it was, my dad loved Vegas. He went a lot too. And it was like just like known for being like affordable. Not yeah. expensive and not cheap. Right. Like it was always like hundred dollar rooms, and they were pretty nice. But yeah. now, now I feel like it's not. I haven't gone in a while. Maybe I should, but I feel like they turned it all up. I haven't been since. Uh, that's a good question. A couple of uh, Olympias in a oh, Olympias, yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of Olympias ago. Yeah, I don't remember the last either. time I went. Um, talking uh, bodybuilding. Yes, talking bodybuilding. <laughs> we got a uh, Mike Isertel on the show and so we're going to talk uh Dr. Mike Isertel of Renaissance Periodization um and we're going to talk metabolism. Yeah. Uh, maybe what is it? How do you affect it? Um can you affect it? Can you change it? How how bad does it actually change? Cuz I think that's kind of a myth that's going around. How bad does it change as you age? Um which I, I think is is uh Mike will have the real answers but I'm de- I'm dealing with that. Although my weight doesn't really change much it's yeah. my body composition that it's, it's yeah. going to and shit. it obviously changes but I think it doesn't change as drastically as people want to say. Like people yeah, will hit 40. Not. Like you were jacked when you were 40. And sorry. and people will think like oh, I hit 40 like I'm supposed to be beer and couch and nothing. Like well that's because you allowed yourself to be beer couch and nothing. Right, right, if you right. if you maintain the lifestyle that you did when you were 20 that's the issue. Yeah. I think the main issue is is that we change our lifestyle based on um, getting married or business or mm-hmm. stress or whatever. And so your lifestyle from when you were 20 to 25 is drastically different when you're 40 to 45. Whereas if you maintain that same lifestyle for the last 20 years, your body would probably look pretty similar. Yeah. Uh, maybe even your face, maybe even your, you know, like maybe those things don't age as much. You allow yourself to age. Some kid on YouTube 
uh, I don't know, three, four months ago, uh, told me I needed to grow up. He said something. It sounded like he was 22, too, which was funny. <laughs> he told me something like, uh, Mike, you remind me of myself when I was in high school, always having fun and joking with the boys, but sometimes you're about to be 31 and you need to grow up. He's like, I'm in college and I've taken myself way like more serious now or something like that. And first off, fuck you, kid. Uh, I hope you unsubscribe and never listen to this podcast on my YouTube or Instagram again. Uh, second Bye. thing, yeah, later, bitch. Uh, secondly, uh, I think, I'm not saying like I'm, I'm, I'm the, the, the fountain of youth or nothing, but like my energy, like a lot of things that people my age, I, I I see other 30 year olds i think i mentioned recently on an instagram post that i'm 31 and people are freaking out like i don't look like i'm 20 but yeah. like i don't like i don't look like an old 30 i look like a young 30 yeah. or 31 and i'll see some dudes he's like oh i turned 30 32 i thought you were much younger i'll click on that dude's profile and he looks like he's <laughs> fucked you know like that dude's been <laughs> in a drinking binge coma since, <laughs> since pi kappa alpha and 21 and, and in college you know so like if you in, in my lifestyle has been the exact same since i dropped out of college yeah like if anything i'm more active now i get more sleep now mm. like everything's I, I, everything's uh turned towards the better as i've gotten older and so i think like my body looks the same or i'm probably the strongest and leanest i've ever been my energy like day to day is fine my brain's definitely its best and i think hopefully uh, there's a lot of stress working for yourself and a lot of projects we have going on behind the scenes but yeah hopefully like my wrinkles my gray hair all that shit's gonna be delayed compared to the other guy that's just like drinking his stress away with beer I um I was gifted genetically not just with my calves but with the fact that I, I'm not holding on to 100 percent of my hair. Yeah. Let's say no, you got to get them out. But I'm not um I'm not losing it all and I'm not very gray. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That's purely genetic. Yeah, my, yeah. My my grandmother died at like 85 and she had a little bit at her temples and that's it. That's know? crazy. My mom died 70 and she had like no noticeable. Gray yeah, yeah. Hair. It's just you know if I didn't have any in. If I didn't have a beard, I would have very little that you could actually I, see. I don't mind a little salt and pepper. I think I'd rather have a little salt and pepper than uh, balding. It depends on how Italian you are because Italians seem, seem to do that. Yeah, my dad had a little gray. Not much. My mom's got a little gray. And my hair's okay. We'll see. I have some friends that have been bald since 18. Yeah, yeah I know. Like a bunch it happens. Of people like yeah, that. it happens. But metabolism. <laughs> but metabolism. <laughs> I think you can lift weights. Yeah. To change your metabolism. I think certain foods have a very acute effect on your metabolism. Um, there's the old saying like, oh, you eat celery and you burn 10 calories and they only cost five calories. I don't think that's quite how it works, but... Uh, <laughs> I just saw Lane Norton post something about really? that. Really? Yeah. But yeah. something to that nature. Yeah. Eating protein or certain foods can give small boosts, I believe, in, in your energy expenditure, which is basically your metabolism. It's how your body uses energy. Um, we'll get the exact definition from Mike. That was... Um, that was silent, Mike. Mike Farr's uh, shit definition. Um, but I think in most ways, like staying active, getting a lot of sleep uh, to maintain your metabolism, uh, health, and then lifting weights. I think the more muscle you have, uh, the more energy um, hungry your entire body is. Well, your your brain metabolizes a lot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and sometimes I don't know. I'm totally guilty of this. Uh, when I'm tired, I tend to eat more because it. Yeah, yeah, it helps yeah. keep me awake. Yeah, for you know? sure. And not just way beyond coffee, but just, you know, that. Yeah, snacking. Yeah, to, to keep myself going, for sure. Um, a thing that a lot of people are concerned about now that I think they should be concerned about is like, how do you exit out of a of a diet? Yeah, the performance with, side or the, the, with, the aesthetic side. With your, um, with your metabolism somewhat intact. Yeah, yeah. Is there a way to eat 
or train to allow yourself more <clears throat> calories beyond just burning more calories? Is there a way to kind of rev that furnace old yeah. school style um, where people talk about reverse dieting? And so yeah. say you're dieting on 1500 calories, you slowly add calories on the way up. And then what people say is that your maintenance then would be higher than uh, if you just jump to 3000 calories, maybe you'll end up at 3200 calories. Um, and who knows if any science has real been done on it. Mike will know. So we'll have some answers, but that's, that's a very good question. Um, for a lot of athletes, whether it's aesthetics, people just trying to lose weight and mm-hmm. then find their maintenance afterwards. Cause that's obviously the main issue. All, all the world can lose weight. People can't keep it off or maintain the weight once they yeah. get there. Um, and so if you find a good way to do that, um, while eating uh, a good amount of food for your lifestyle could help a lot. Um, and then, yeah, the performance side is, is what what metabolism plays a role in how you look, how you perform, um, and how we adjust those things. Yep. Mike. Mike. Coach, Doc, help us. Help us. Right after this word from our sponsor, Keeps. It doesn't really matter how old you are. Um, if you're a guy, uh, you're pretty attached to your hair growing up. It kind of defines your identity. All I think about is, uh, one, because I have a mullet, but two, Uncle Jesse and Full House. Like, his identity... Was his hair. It was his hair, and I I, I agree. I'm the same. Uh, Even though I wear hats, but beside the point. Sam Malone and Cheers. Same story. Sadly, I never really watched Cheers. I I know it, obviously. You know what I'm talking about. And I know the whole story, just never actually watched it. Yeah, yeah. I think toward the end of that show, maybe... Toward the end of that show, I think he could have used some keeps. Uh, let's just say. Let's just say the 90s was a good time for hair. Uh, <laughs> side note, I was watching Home Improvement all weekend. Oh, I went yeah, to my yeah. mom's house to visit, and she has regular TV, and I don't. Uh, and they're showing Home Improvement reruns. Tim Allen had great hair. Yeah. Crushed he it. He Crushed did. Crushed it. He's so funny, too. He did. Well, uh, speaking as someone who uh, is pretty attached to to his hair and kind of knowing uh, as, as I get older that my hair has been um, somewhat more challenged, I... Personally, took steps to uh, kind of hold on to it as much as possible, and I would suggest that for people who uh, have that identity thing, where you know I, I don't look good without hair. That's just me. I just know I won't. I've I've had very short haircuts before, and I don't. My head just my head's not great for it. I just I know in the business that we're in here in the 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 powerlifting lifting world, just shaving your head yeah, is a, a very common thing to do. But what if you didn't want to do that? Yeah, sadly, I'm kind of lucky. I think I have thick hair, and I think I look pretty good with a buzzed head. I've had it before. But uh, for this podcast, we partnered with Keeps. Right. Uh, two out of three guys experience some kind of hair loss or male pattern baldness uh, by the age of 35. Uh, but the good news is that some science, some advancements with Keeps is a proven treatment to combat the symptoms of hair loss. Um, the prevention is the number one thing that Keeps is about. Uh, it really works. They're up to 90% effective at reducing and stopping hair loss. The sooner you get with Keeps, the sooner you and more you get to keep your hair. Uh, this product, Keeps, has more five-star reviews than any other competitor. Uh, nearly 100,000 men trust Keeps. Uh, and treatments start, uh, which is like $10 a month, uh, which is cheaper than Netflix now that they're trying to screw us. So uh, <laughs> pretty damn affordable. And another thing about this, too, if you don't want to be the guy who is buying the hair loss product at the pharmacy or the grocery store or wherever you buy it, uh, Keeps allows you to have this sent sent directly to your home uh, discreetly. You deal directly with a doctor who uh, 
is understanding of uh, the hair loss situation and what you're trying to avoid. You're trying to avoid losing any more. If you are ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash facts to receive your first month of treatment free. That's keeps, K-E-E-P-S dot com slash facts. Free month. No risk. Try it out. Keeps.com slash F-A-C-T-S. Let's go. Uh, you want to uh, first give us a definition of what metabolism is and then hop into Jim's question. There you go. Yeah, so from a technical perspective, metabolism is all of the sum, sum of all chemical reactions in your body. Uh, it generally can be split into two uh, subcategories, uh, anabolism and catabolism. Anabolism are the chemical reactions that builds uh, larger molecules from smaller ones. Catabolism is the opposite, where smaller molecules are broken down from larger ones, usually liberating some energy, but not always. Um, and the balance of anabolism and catabolism in your body determines whether or not you gain or lose weight. And then we can zoom in further on tissue-specific metabolism. So, for example, uh, the ideal thing in fitness is to have muscle anabolism, the predominant over-muscle catabolism, so you're building muscle, not breaking it down as much, and fat catabolism predominating over fat anabolism. So you're breaking down fat more than you're building it. And then at some point you run out of body fat entirely. You're the biggest person on earth. And finally you have happiness. You get friends, girlfriends, your, your bank account goes up all that, right? Your dog starts listening to you. You know how sometimes you tell your dog what to do and he doesn't listen. You're like, this dog even fucking doesn't respect me. Like when you're completely fat free and the biggest person on earth, your dog knows he walks himself. He doesn't even need to be told shit. I need that. You control your dog with your mind. I need that. Yeah, well, which you also don't need because when you're that jacked, who the fuck needs a mind? Oh, I'm trying to <laughs> yeah. think about shit. I'm trying to be jacked. Yeah, you don't got to be smart. <laughs> fuck that. That's awesome. Okay, so uh, the questions that we were kicking around have to do with did some people have really have fast metabolisms? Are they born with fast metabolisms or, uh, or slow metabolisms? And are you damaging your metabolism by you know, reducing calories over and over again, trying to cut weight for whatever you're trying to cut weight for? Sure. Really good questions. So there is a variation in metabolism between people. So let's first of all, get the obvious shit out of the way. The bigger you are, the bigger metabolism is like, if you weigh 600 fucking pounds, you're going to need like 6,000 calories a day just to stay the same weight. So body size by far kicks everything else in the dick. So if you're bigger, you're just going to need more food one way or another. It's funny because people will like, uh, I'll post my meal on Instagram and people are like, oh, I wish I got 100 grams of carbs. Like, that's so much. That's my whole day. I click and it's like a 92-pound girl. I'm like, <laughs> uh, yeah, if you want to weigh 245, you can start eating meals <laughs> like this anytime you want. So, uh, you know, so there's that obvious part. And the next part is, so, okay, how much for individuals of the same size if we take two guys that weigh both like 170 each, do they, like, how much variation in metabolism is due to genetics? It turns out it's surprisingly little, like something like in the 10% margin. So like, you know, some guy could be eating like 2,200 calories or 2,300 or some shit. And some guy could be eating 1,700 or 1,800 calories to maintain weight. But like it's very, very, very rare that just on metabolism alone, some guy maintains on 2,500 with the same activity level and some guy maintains on 1,500. It's very, very rare. It's highly unlikely. What, but, you know, you do see people eat a lot of the same food and they're wildly different weights or wildly different body fat percentages. The biggest so, – so, you know, metabolism genetically, just like how your body comes along, isn't very variable. What is quite variable is 
what's called uh, non-exercise activity thermogenesis, NEAT, N-E-A-T. It's a NEAT acronym, I say. <laughs> you know, that's when your, like, high school physiology teacher says that and people just, like, just want to get the fuck out of class as, as yeah, much as possible. Shoot a spit one at you. That's right. Let's put our learning hats on, dude. I mean, if I was a fucking teacher, I would never be able to teach at a middle school. Because if I was a middle school teacher and I got a spit wad at me, I would be putting out a free jujitsu seminar right then and there. Like, kid, you are going to experience what fucking Captain America experienced one-on-one with Thanos. I'm Thanos, by the way, just to remind you. In any case, so long as I'm not speaking to middle schoolers, uh, non-exercise activity thermogenesis, neat, is, is the amount of sort of unplanned activity you do. Like, for example... If you uh, tell someone, actually, fuck, this is a really good example. My uh, good friend Jared Feather, he's a physique coach at Renaissance Periodization, and, and you know he's got that the whole bodybuilding genetics that's completely absurd. He's a really good coach, and he actually just had a client who um, won a pro show, and it was this guy had like no body fat. Basically, it was really disturbing. Like he would show you his abs, and you're like, "What the fuck? Your abs have abs?" It's really, really strange. <laughs> this guy that I'm talking about. Jared was trying to carb him up and reduce his cortisol the day before the show, which involves being in a hotel and just laying around eating food. Like it's the easiest thing in the world for most of us to envision. Like you'd be like, wait a minute, you want me to lay around and just eat potato chips? Like, yes, like fuck, that's that's great. This guy would get up like he would leave his cell phone on a desk, get get down into the bed, get back up to get a cell phone, check some stuff, walk to the bathroom, walk back, play with the remote control. It was just like all the time he's fidgety, all the time is moving. That kind of stuff has been shown to burn an extra several hundred to several thousand calories per person per day. Wow. Do you guys have friends that like just never stop fucking moving? Yeah, yeah. me. They're just always on to some shit. Why am yeah. I fat then? <laughs> I have the twitch you, issue, but I have the, also the fat issue. Do you have an eating issue? I got lots of issues, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. Um... So in any case, like that neat, that non-exercise activity, thermogenesis, unplanned movements, uh, some people have way more of them. Some people have way less. That accounts for the vast majority of the differences between why some people who are really the same, uh, you know, should be eating the same uh, calories or are the same body weight. One of them needs, you know, 1,500 calories to maintain. One needs 2,500. And of course, physical activity of all kinds goes in there. So like some people walk to work, some people bike to work, some people take the car. Um, some people train for two or three, four hours a day. Some people don't. People always baffle of like CrossFitters who weigh like 165 and they're like, how can they eat 5,000 calories a day? Like this person trains for six hours a day. Yeah. If you did that, you would just die if you didn't eat 4,000 calories. So the non-exercise extreme thermogenesis, physical activity is a big, big deal. Genetic uh, differences in metabolism secondary to that are not a huge deal. And then lastly, the percentage difference in where your body puts extra food that you eat, muscle or fat, is a big deal, and it is highly genetic. Mm. So like some people, if they weigh 170, they're just going to be a solid 170. If they gain weight just lifting and eating normally, they're 180. They're just fucking solid 180. And you're like, God damn it. They just don't gain body fat very easily. Some people, as soon as they gain a fucking ounce, the shit goes straight to body fat, and they have to fight tooth and nail for muscle. And almost everyone's somewhere in between those two. But it's also you could ask the question of like why are some people you know super jacked and why are some people you know super not jacked and a lot of genetics is a big difference there while it's not a big difference in the total amount of calories you burn every day. Are there any ways um, you already mentioned kind of like the food choices and then obviously neat, but or what are some ways that we can like affect uh, or 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 uh, help stimulate our metabolism? Other ways to rev it up, rev it down, et cetera, et cetera. Totally. So I've got a new line of fat burner pills from my company, Dr. Mike Nutrition. They're called 
fat fucker 5,000. I know what you're going to say. I'll take 120. Dude. Yeah. Oh, first, my first customer. I'm just kidding. I've had thousands of <laughs> unbelievably successful customers. You're going to ask the question of does, does the molecules in the pills actually fuck the fat cells? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. And it fucks them to death, which is why a fat won't ever come back. But if you can't afford this incredible supplement, which doesn't come cheap, by the way, times are tough all over. Um, are there ways to boost your actual metabolism? The genetic part, not really, right? You're just kind of stuck with that. However, you can create changes in your work routine and your habits to make sure you're not just a lazy piece of shit sitting around all the time. Uh, for example, do you park your car at the end of the lot at the grocery store or are you one of these pieces of shit that will wait for 15 minutes for <laughs> someone to move the car so you don't have to be fucking bothered to walk 10 feet? Like, do you go on, like, so here's another example. Like, your wife's like, hey, honey, I'm going to walk the golden retrievers. And, you know, golden retrievers are insane dogs. So you can walk them for, like, 40 minutes and they just want more. And like, how often do you find yourself at the end of a day saying, oh, okay, great, honey, like, you know, be safe, versus, like, all right, I'll come with you on a walk. Like, if you actively always, when presented with a scenario, usually, not always, usually choose to, to go the extra mile, move a bit more, you know, take the stairs versus elevator. That shit adds up. That shit definitely adds up. And that will boost your metabolism. Another thing is training. Just fucking train hard, train a lot, and you'll be able to eat a lot more food and not get super fat because you're just a fucking sink for training. When I'm in my super high-volume training phases myself, this is a, don't try this at home, but I trained uh, – uh, the last ma macrocycle I did, I trained – at one point, 11 lifting sessions per week and three to four Brazilian jiu-jitsu sessions a week. Nice. Um, like I, and I eat 5,000 calories a day at that point to maintain my body weight. Like That's kind of absurd, but you know, if you fucking move around a lot, shit will happen. So I think those are probably the biggest ways to do that. Um, if there's a pill claiming to boost your metabolism, it shit's probably bullshit unless it's illegal. And then it probably works really well. <laughs> but also kills you, you know? <laughs> So uh, on the flip side, then someone who is living their six hundred pound life, they're are they really taking in the actual caloric requirement, or is it the fact that they're just not burning anything? They're just sitting there sweating. Yeah, it's a whole lot of whole lot of both. So you know, there's a really nasty sort of comorbidity there. Well, once you get fat enough, the simple fact that you're that big reduces your non-exercise activity thermogenesis right like forget about fucking exercise because most of these people it's like a fucking dirty word to them but like you know like you used to like play with your kids but now you're too fat like you used to get up and do shit but some of these people are actually bed bound or chair bound where yeah. they can't even physically stand up i mean once that happens your chance of death is like fucking high right so this but 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 huge but they still fucking put away food like crazy. Like none of us can keep up with folks like that. And and if you watch the My Six Hundred Pound Life show, you guys, you ever guys ever watch that show? No, I'm out. I, I feel a little of it. I, a little fucking bit. amazing show. My wife and I watched every single episode, every <laughs> single one. For months, we would come home and like, well, I work at home. Uh, I, I'm, I'm currently on a plane. <laughs> Honey, I'm home from uh, work. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> she, she usually comes home, whoops my ass a bit, and then we start to you know make up and watch TV. But we watch an episode like every other night or something like that. And it's it's wild. But a lot of times, they're like, you know, they'll do like the, uh, the video crew will go with the people to the fast food place and they'll like get their usual – and, like, my wife and I quickly figured out, like, they're playing for the cameras. Like, Motherfucker, that's not your usual. Your usual is ten times that shit. Like, they'll get, like, 
Because, you know, like regular people watch the show, not even lifters, because you guys have been around enough lifters. So when someone orders like three cheeseburgers, you're like, whatever. He's like fucking powerlifter. Fine. Yeah. But yeah. like these people order three cheeseburgers. They think to regular people. That's like, oh, my God, three menu items. Get the fuck up out of my face. Like, trust me, like we've all tried to gain weight. It, it takes a little more than three cheeseburgers at McDonald's to do that shit. So these people put away food like crazy. And sometimes it's more realistic. Like one lady, this is fucking legendary. She weighed like 600 and something. One of her meals was she ate two deep dish large pizzas, um, uh, uh, like a 30 basket of wings, and one of those like thick-ass brownie cakes like from one of these pizza places. She did all of this like a fucking machine. It must have taken her like 30 minutes or 45 minutes, like just mowing it, like no conversation, nothing, just just going to town. Like that shit is impressive. And you have to do that in order to be that big. Uh, I'll put it you this way. If you... Um, if you train and your meat isn't terrible, uh, and you try to eat enough calories to sustain a high body weight, you're Brian Shaw, you're Hofdor Bjornsson, you're Eddie Hall. If you guys have seen documentaries on how much those guys eat, like Eddie Hall is literally like, I eat every fucking waking second that I'm alive. I fucking hate it. I can't wait to retire. So I don't have to eat this much. Like it's really, really intense, like 10,000 calories with activity. But you know, if you're sitting around, okay, that's less. And mostly it's just a matter of eating almost exclusively junk food at that point. Because also, if you try to eat that much food, even 50% of it is quote-unquote clean, just like lean proteins, fruits, veggies, whole grains, there's no way you can do it. There's only so much fucking broccoli and chicken you can eat until you're just done. It's got to be almost entirely junk food. So you wear your jaw out trying to consume all those calories. Oh, my God. 100%. Yeah, and uh, you know Eddie looks very different now that he's not trying to maintain the highest body weight. Yeah, I think he weighs like three sixty now, which is like comical because you're like, oh, he's down to three sixty. <laughs> but uh, you know, he was like four twenty and stuff, and, and that's that's something that that's a. I think he was eating roughly ten thousand calories a day to maintain that. I don't know about you guys. I've eaten ten thousand calories one day in my life. I did a ten thousand calorie challenge. It was Thanksgiving Day. I had trained like volume legs in the morning. I got a good early start and I almost fucking burned out. I was eating Ferrero Rocher chocolates, <laughs> just putting them into my mouth to meet calorie totals. And I was like, I my wife and I my wife joined me for shits and giggles for a couple thousand extra cows and we didn't eat Ferrero Rocher candies for a year and a half after. We just yeah. looked at them in the store and we're like, nope, 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 nope. nope. No more of that. So when when people do reduce calories in in a dieting situation, especially if they're losing a lot of weight, does their metabolism slow down, and does it make it harder for them to maintain a lower body weight over time? Yeah, what do people call yeah. call it in you know popular magazines like survival mode or something? Yeah, like your 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 body you eat a thousand and then it, you won't lose weight because you're eating a thousand calories and your body needs to hold on to it. Is that starvation what they say? mode, bro. Yeah, yeah, starvation. Why did I say survival? You're right. Starvation mode. I haven't read enough Shape magazine recently. I apologize. I mostly just look through the pictures of Shape magazine. I don't I also can't read that complicates things. <laughs> um so uh yeah, so there's actually something to that, right? Uh we can at least two things happen. One, your metabolism falls to the lower end of your normal range. You know, that ten percent plus or minus, it starts to trend lower. Yeah. Why does it trend lower? Uh, depends on how uh, my, how many calories per day you cut, how long you diet for. Those are kind of the two contributors. And if you work out the math, it multiplies to like the more total weight you lose over time, the more your metabolism slows down in, in the medium term, like over the course of months. In addition to that, your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, your neat, how much you fidget, move around, do this and that, falls incredibly, incredibly a lot in some people. Right, so some people, these are the 
ones that report getting starvation mode, they will actually stop moving almost entirely. I remember I I did a show show prep once, did everything wrong. And towards the end of my show prep, I was eating like a thousand calories per day. Mm. And I was like, I would just do my work that I had to do at school, come home and just watch like Netflix, just frozen in one position. And that's fucking super stupid because it, you know, it makes me starve and eat less, but it, it also just makes me burn fewer calories. So that is definitely a big thing. Lastly, like as you lose weight, you're physically smaller. And remember I said like the bigger you are, the more calories you burn. Mm. So for example, people are like, man, I used to weigh 300. Now I weigh 200, but I can't eat nearly as much food. Like no shit. <laughs> like if you could do that, you'd weigh 300 again. So <laughs> But there are so so the the amount of metabolism you lose just by getting smaller is not temporary. That's permanent, right? Because as long as you stay down to two hundred from when you were three hundred, then you're just going to be eating less food scale to your new body weight. Um, the metabolic slowdown is temporary, but it takes probably several months to go back to close to normal. Mm-hmm. And the non-exercise activity thermogenesis stuff, the the moving around, is the same as metabolism. It comes back up quite, quite uh, sort of notably, but again, that takes weeks and weeks and weeks. And during that time, you can't just go back to eating like normal. You've got to slowly raise your food intake, whatever's maintenance, keep it there for a week or two. And then those calories, as your metabolism starts speeding back up, you recover from the diet, metabolism is going to speed a little bit, and then it's going to, you're going to start losing weight again. You go, bop, bop, I don't want to do that. I want to stay at 200. I don't want to see 199. You need to eat a little more food and then a little more food. And then probably like gee, at least two months, probably three months later, after a real hard diet of three to four months, you're going to be mostly recovered. There is a little bit of controversy as to do people who lose a lot of weight, are they permanently uh, sort of debilitated by that metabolically? The The answer to that is very likely mm. uh, that they are, but also it's a very small debilitation. It's not like, bro, your fucking metabolism is cut in half. Like It's cut by 5 or 10% which you can easily make up for in diet modification and in activity modification. So the real big overarching point is like if you want to lose a good decent amount of weight, after you lose, don't lose it all in one stretch because if you, if you, the longer you go and the more weight you lose, the harder the shit's going to get. You're going to get super fucking hungry. You're going to barely be moving at all, and your maintenance calories are going to be super, super low because you're, you're hardly moving at all, right? So maybe diet for like two or three months lose like maybe up to 10% of your body weight. Then for another two or three months, coast, maintain, let your shit re- revive a little bit, start moving more, so on and so forth. Once that diet fatigue, so to speak, drops off, you can go on another similar cutting phase, so on and so forth, until you reach the bottom. When you reach the bottom, don't celebrate with 10 fucking you know, uh, slices of pizza, like inhaled through a tube or some shit. Understand that there is like a physiological pull back to your original body weight. And it's probably not going to get you back to your very original, though many people have done that in the past. Um, but it's going to pull you up. So pick a body weight that's sustainable and normal. Like, for example, if you usually weigh 300 pounds your adult life, if you weigh 200, do check plus yourself. Just fucking stay at 200. A lot of people are like, I'm going to be 120. Like, no, you're fucking not. Like, you used to weigh 300. It would take heaven and earth for you to do that. You'd be fucking miserable. So first, set a realistic long-term goal. Once you reach it, understand that the diet, the training, all of that stuff can be loosened, but it can never be no longer a part of you. Like all of the people pretty much who drop weight and keep it off in the long term successfully continue to eat well fundamentally. Do they go out for pizza and beers with their friends on occasion? Of 
course. Do they count their pizza slices? No. But back on Monday, they're back on the fucking good diet, good training. So they almost all follow a really good diet fundamentally, and they almost always have a fitness hobby that they can take with them for life. You know what I mean? Like, so if you're doing one of these transformation challenges where you just fucking get lean, and then they're like, okay, you're fucking done. And you're like, sweet. So I just go back to eating bugles and shit. They're like, yep. And then you're almost certainly just, sorry to single out your favorite. Damn it. Shit, Why are you calling me out on my own podcast? <laughs> you're, you're like literally opening up a thing of bugles. You're like, fuck, well, I guess I could throw this away. Bugles and Cheez-Its, dear Lord, sponsor me. Some of the best <laughs> snacks ever created. Yeah. We have them all over our so fingers right now. We're, we're, we're playing like Wicked Witch with each other and shit. <laughs> you know, Cheez-Its are one of those crackers that I walk through the store aisles when I'm like balls deep into a fat loss diet. And I try to envision what part of my diet periodization allows for Cheez-Its and nothing comes up. And I'm like, God damn it. What the fuck am I doing? Retirement does. Why can't I just be a regular? Yeah. No, seriously. Retirement. Seriously. That's cheez Bill. Yeah, but then like. But then when you retire and you get older, you go to the doctor's office. He's like, your cholesterol in your blood is actually now made of cheeses. And you're like, is that, is that good or bad? I can't tell. He's like, it's bad. You're going to die tomorrow. And you're like, again, cheeses have fucked me over. Damn it. But such is life. I love cheeses, but I can't eat them in front of my wife because she thinks the smell is super gross and, and has forever. Even, you know, sometimes women develop the, the smell thing when they're pregnant and it lasts them uh-huh. the rest of Never their lives. <laughs> this, was, this is not that. This predated that. And wow. uh, no, I just don't eat cheeses around her ever, ever. Or I just keep the smell away from her because she... Marriage counseling would be my expert recommendation. Yeah, exactly. Because cheeses, like, that's a non-negotiable. <laughs> They're in the household. <laughs> uh, I think that's it. Yeah, plug away, good. Mike. Uh, where can people find you? Sweet RP Dr. Mike on Instagram uh, for mostly my own personal bullshit, but I do post some informational content. And then RP Strength on Instagram as well. Uh, Renaissance Periodization is a company I co-founded. I make all the digital products, and we have diet apps, and we have training templates, and all this cool stuff. So get on there and get get on that that internet and get on one of those websites. Br- open up your browser, folks, and I'll see you there on the World Wide Web. Nope. Thanks for coming. I am Silent Mike, 2K, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all that shit. I am the Jimmy D on all the social medias. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter. We are 50% facts, where percent is a word. Hop onto the podcast platform of your choice. Leave us some kind of positive review. If you have anything negative to say, you can keep that to yourself. Talk to you next time.